Hi, it's Nurse Shayla. And Nurse Brittany. And you're listening to Your, your Call Light is on. on. Welcome. Welcome. How was your weekend, Shayla? Great. Absolutely great. Um, I'm trying to think about what I did. I don't even remember what I did. Must have been busy. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. No idea. But how was yours? Well, uh, I probably overexerted myself. I worked seven days last week mm. like a mad woman, which will be perfect for our topic today. Yeah. But. So what, you're feeling it now? Every day you're you're not getting the sleep that you need. You just it gets gets worse and worse and worse. Yeah. It's like a snowball effect. Yeah. So I I my my eyes are heavy. My head is tired. Foggy. Yeah, foggy. Yeah, and yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm tired. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> so that's what we're gonna discuss today: is uh, fatigue, burnout as nurses, how to um, recognize it, and what to do to prevent it. But before we start, we are going to do our segment, Your Call Light is On or Off. And I've got a couple of things I want to get your opinion on, Britt. Okay. Okay, so the first thing, dance goes. Call Light On or Off? Dance goes. So dance goes are those clogs that you see everyone wear. I would say Call Light Off. What? You wear them every day. I do, but <laughs> I don't wear them because they're comfortable. Okay, I wear them because they give me two inches of height. <laughs> like you need that. Yeah, <laughs> you I, I do. You don't. So that's why I wear my dance clothes. They're not comfortable. However, I've talked to some nurses who said the easy spirits or... Easy spirits? Yeah. Or the... um like old Yeah, but they're comfortable. <laughs> the, the nurses said that the insoles are very... Like you're walking on clouds. But, but dance clothes are comfortable, right? They, yeah, they're cute. When something spills on them, I actually spill blood all over my leg and the shoes the other day. You just wipe it right off with your wipe and it's fine. I just wear them for the look, not for the comfort. So Kalei is, is off... I'm going to say off as well. I tried converting to dance clothes a while ago. And they say with dance clothes, you've got to break them in. I've never been able to make it past that breaking in point because they've been so uncomfortable that it's like, nah, I've got to take these back to the store. I cannot stand these. Like, my feet hurt even, like, even more. So I've never been able to get into the whole dance code move vibe. I'm a sneaker girl. I love sneakers at work, out of work. Sneakers all through and through. The next topic, having your phone on the floor, your cell phone, your personal phone on your body when you work. That's a hot topic. I feel empowered and strong when I don't have it on me because I'm like, I... We get into these habits of just looking at our phone for no reason and mm-hmm. without having any mindfulness. So I like not having it on me. For other people, I would say call light on because they need to have their phones on them. Mm-hmm. At the same time, we all know our front desk number. So if there's an emergency, they can just call the front desk. Okay. I'm going to say call light on. Uh, just because it's my security. <laughs> I always, I have my phone with me literally almost everywhere I go. If I were to ever leave my phone at home, like at work, 
it would be like the worst day ever. Like I might have to call off work or something. I don't know. Or go back and get my phone, be late. I just, I have to have my phone with me. One, because my family doesn't live here. I don't have any family here. And I always feel like I need to be accessible. And even though they know I work almost every weekday, it still is, it still provides me with some sort of comfort knowing that I'm available if they need it to get to me. And even if I'm not able to answer the phone right away, I can see the missed call and call them back as soon as I get a moment to call them back. That kind of thing. And also, hey, if I happen to go to the bathroom and I need some entertainment, I've got my phone. Or if I'm in the bedroom waiting on something or got to spare a couple minutes, look at the weather, look at the news, look at scroll through Instagram, few posts, whatever. So, hey, I'm going to say call light on. Many institutions also have the text alerts now. Mm -hmm. That's how they tell you that there's an emergency. Yeah. I know at our institution, that's their method of letting us know that something is going on. It's just a means of communication. The last one, call light on or off, working holiday shifts. Call light on because nursing is the only medical professional that is 24 hours, seven days a week. And without us, there is no hospital. So we have to be there even on the weekends and the holidays. I am going to say call light on for summer holidays, (laughs) call light off for the winter holidays. Why? Because Summer holidays, you've got, what, 4th of July, Memorial Day, you know, those are all well and great. Save a plate for me. I'll be there when I get off work. Um, Winter holidays are more so about the fellowship of family, the gathering, and I live for that. Like, I want to be around my family. I want to be around my loved ones. So I want to spend that time with them. But summertime, I want that time and a half, double pay. I want the holiday pay. And I don't mind working at all. It's fine. So, on for summer, off for winter. Well, I'm just going to play the devil, devil's advocate for a moment. Mm-hmm. If we don't work the winter holidays, who's going to work them? Well, I'm sure there's some people <laughs> I'm just saying personally, I would prefer not to. I mean, yeah. you know. I, I, I agree. Winter holidays are my favorite, especially Christmas my favorite holiday. Um, so I, I, I get what you mean. And but you, are, you know, the patients, they you don't know, have, you know, right. they're in the hospital. Yes. They don't have their loved ones. Way to guilt trip it's, me. Yes, <laughs> yes. Um, but I will say, okay, I'll give them New Year's. I'll work New Year's because I'm not much of a partier. I don't go out like that. So I'll spend New Year's with the patients. <laughs> fine too oh. that's fine and dandy it's a compromise look compromise. it is it is a compromise yeah so you get christmas and thanksgiving off but you work new year's i wouldn't mind fourth of july and memorial day fourth of july and memorial day are those lonely holiday labor day i don't mind working labor day either is that even a holiday i you don't get time enough for labor day do, do we not no i don't know okay maybe we don't maybe we'll have to do some research i don't know yeah i don't know but yeah any summer holiday i'm game whatever and plus two it's it's the days feel longer. 
in the winter time, this whole time change thing has got me all. When I get off work, I feel like I need to go home and go to sleep. That exactly. Okay. <laughs> sleep, work out, wake up, repeat. Start all over. <laughs> it's I cannot be productive after work because it's dark, and I don't like driving in the dark. Moving on. So, just so you all know, caregiver burnout and fatigue is a real thing. It's actually listed as an ICD code, which means that it's a billable diagnosis. It is a real concept. Caregivers, nurses, we experience this. It is, it is real. I wanted to spend a couple moments talking about our personal experiences with fatigue. And I know, Brittany, you just referenced this past work week that you're coming off of and the fact that you had to work several consecutive days in a row. First of all, what made you decide that you were going to work those many days in a row? Fatigue is defined by the American Nurse Association as impaired function resulting from physical labor or mental exertion. To answer your question, Shayla, I just wanted to work. I'm like, oh, you know, I have nothing going on this week. I'm going to work. No pressure from my managers. In fact, they like gave me the wide eye and they're like, why are you working so many hours? I just wanted to be at work and to work because I had nothing else going on at the time. And I've done it before. It's not like my first time. I worked those seven days. So I did four days in like an outpatient department. Mm -hmm. And then the last three days I did on the floor. So on a step down unit. And first of all, I never left on time. A 12 hour shift with no lunch and then you leave late. It really takes a toll on you. But as I was on that last day, I'm sitting there, I'm charting, I'm looking at everything that I did for the day, and I'm like, I've made so many mistakes. Not mistakes that required me to report anything, or just little things that are unlike myself. It was at that point where I decided that it was my job to keep my patients safe, and that meant me calling off because I was exhausted. I would not have been a good nurse to anyone Mm -hmm. on Monday. So I needed to take a sabbatical, a (laughs) one-day, 24-hour sabbatical, (laughs) just to to breathe and to not think and to not work. I fell down the steps. (gasps) What? (laughs) A few weeks ago. (laughs) I'm sorry. I don't mean to laugh. I felt, and I I hadn't realized how much pain I was still in. I mean, I was taking some Tylenol and doing little things like uh, a little bit of yoga to try to help my back. It felt fine at the time, but then coming off of that seven days and then you've got a patient who's a total or requiring a lot of physical labor... You, I really, my back was on fire as I sat down, mm-hmm. and I think it was that with the mental exertion. I'm luckily I don't live with anyone, so I don't have to go home and, and talk. talk. To, oh, I yeah. can just go home and be silent. Yeah, it was a lot, and that's important as a nurse is to know that if you are physically and mentally exhausted, that one, it's your it's your ethical duty to protect your patients. Um, so if you feel that you are unable to safely care for patients, that you should remove yourself from that next shift or from where you would do harm to Mm -hmm. your patients. Mm -hmm. 
Most healthy adults need between seven and nine hours of sleep. At minimum, you need seven, but that can vary from person to person. And I know some people really, they love bragging about, oh, I got five hours of sleep, or I got three hours of sleep last night. And Okay, well, good for you, but where's the health in that? Where's the, the, you can't sustain your mind and your body off of three hours of sleep consistently. It's not healthy. You're not going to be having your most optimal performance. Some of the causes of uh, fatigue, nursing fatigue, caregiver fatigue, are related to lack of sleep. We Research has showed us that optimal sleep for any person to function is about seven to nine hours of sleep hours worked so the longer your hours that you're working the more likely you are to develop fatigue right staffing shortages unsafe work environments insufficient resources within your institution Mm -hmm. and taking time out for yourself just to add to the hours worked portion there i work 10-hour shifts in my unit Brittany, you more commonly work 12s I met a young lady the other day who was also a nurse, same place where we work, who worked 16-hour shifts. That, to me, is insane to work a 16-hour shift. And we all know it's very common. Just because our shift is 10 hours or 12 hours, it's never just 10. It's never just 12. It's always in excess of that because we sometimes show up a little bit early, start our work. A lot of times we end up leaving a little later than we're supposed to clock out. Sometimes it's a combination of both. So it's never just those set amount of hours, and it's never just that simple. So our, our, our shifts are long. They're tiring. They're exhausting. Even for someone who works an eight-hour shift might still be exhausted because they might, because I met someone who works eight-hour shifts who works from 7 to 3.30, but it's never just the allotted amount of hours that you're supposed to work. It's always in excess of that, which always leads to fatigue. They're just spent. I was reading an article, and the article said that studies show that the most mistakes occur within that last four hours of the shift. So your most optimal time is that first eight hours, and after that, that's when your risk for making a mistake increase. Mm -hmm. Can we just figure out how to work three eights and get paid for 36? Yeah. No. Just <laughs> <laughs> no, that would be great, right? Yeah. No. Um, I was actually speaking with a lady who's been a nurse for over 30 years, and I asked her if if there was a difference between fatigue and burnout then versus fatigue and burnout now. Mm. And what she essentially said to me was that then they had eight hour days with more patients. Now we have longer hours with fewer patients, but we're still experiencing fatigue and burnout. So nursing as a whole, high turnover. So there's always going to be a hole. There's always going to be staffing shortages. Mm -hmm. So what do we do to combat that? How can we encourage people to stay at the bedside? How can we offer things to combat fatigue? I think that could be a different topic all in itself Mm -hmm. about encouraging people to stay at the bedside because I've had a lot of ideas myself I don't really want to get into it too Mm -hmm. much on this but 
um, there are some incentives that could be put in place to keep more nurses at the bedside. And a lot of people think staying at the bedside is like a bad thing. There's a lot of nurses who actually enjoy working at the bedside. I, I actually enjoyed working at the bedside. It was just the schedule that didn't necessarily, I wasn't completely satisfied by, that's all. I'm not fond of working night shift, and that was one of the things involved in working on the floor at the bedside, but that's a whole different thing in itself. Also, to help with the shortage of staff, institutions are using the self-scheduling systems. Those include Kronos, Square, and Clairvia, and these systems are great because they allow nurses to, to make their own schedules, but they also allow managers and leadership teams to use past data to pull information and predict patterns and future outcomes, staffing shortages, turnovers, and leaves of absences. So this is another way that institutions are able to decrease those staffing shortages and improve nurses' satisfaction and help decrease fatigue. If you are suffering from fatigue, burnout, you might notice some signs your energy is going to fade. You're going to have some problems sleeping, like we mentioned. Your eating habits are going to change. Whether you're eating too much or too little, you're not going to be eating wisely. And that can be a different topic, too, as far as our diets and night shift versus day shift, eating habits, patterns. Um, the best thing that you can do for a nurse is to bring your lunch to work and or snacks and make healthy decisions because you cannot work on no fuel. You need good food to fuel your body. More signs, you might have some difficulty coping with everyday things, inability to concentrate. Your resistance to illness will be lower, so you will find yourself getting sicker physically. You might catch a cold. Your immune system will be compromised because you're stressed. Ultimately, you're going to be neglecting your own physical and emotional needs because you are so fatigued, you're so tired. Keep in mind, if you start noticing some of those things, you need to step back and ask yourself, am I doing the right thing for myself and am I doing the right thing for my patients? What are some countermeasures to prevent or reduce these signs, symptoms, or fatigues that you are experiencing? As nurses, we love our caffeine coffee, energy drinks, which I would be interested to see a study saying how the coffee, the excessive amounts of coffee and energy drinks that we drink, Mm. what they're doing to our health. Mm. Taking naps, getting that seven to nine hours of sleep within 24-hour periods, that means dark, cool areas without your cell phone, so sleep with your cell phone somewhere else. Mm Uh, Make sure you're getting adequate amounts of rest before your shift. Be aware of any side effects that might occur if you are taking over-the-counter drugs. Many over-the-counter drugs have adverse effects that could affect your level of alertness or awareness. Mm -hmm. When I was working night shift, I was big on Benadryl. 
I mean, we all know how Benadryl makes you oh, feel yeah. after you wake up. Yes, I did that once. <laughs> yeah. I think it was my first year of nursing. I did that, and I took some Benadryl. I was so out of it, groggy. Mm-hmm. And I want to commend you for calling off. And I know, you know, in that moment, you might not have felt great about doing it, but it's your patient's safety that matters. And you need mm-hmm. to think about that. If you're not in the prime condition to care for someone, you need to just call off because you don't want to risk uh, killing somebody. Yes. Yeah. Please. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying, oh, I got to cough. I better call off. Like, no, I'm seriously impaired right now. I can't think. I can't concentrate. I'm so tired. Do yourself a favor. Do your patients, do your coworkers a favor. Call off because no one's really going to be wanting to cure you the whole night if you could have just called off. Right. Also, um, take advantage of employee rest space or workout centers. I just think about many of the facilities where I have worked, and I don't ever remember. I mean, we nurses all have a break room, but there was never really a dedicated zen place, yeah. a dedicated rest place. I feel like we need that sometimes. Mm-hmm. We just need a place where it's it is quiet. There's no TV in there. It's just a place of serenity, a mm-hmm. place of relaxation, meditation. Mm-hmm. And I haven't seen that anywhere that I've been. So that would that. be great to implement mm-hmm. for nurses. And yes. I take the time. My Zen time is during my break, my lunch break. I don't particularly care for eating in our assigned break room because we share that area with people from many other areas. As do we. Yes. And a lot of times you've got the TV blaring, you've got people in there having conversations about what's on the TV, whether it's CNN and politics, and I don't really want to hear about that. Or you've got the talk on, I'm sorry, I can't stand that show. Or um, just loud conversation, you've got people smacking on their food, you've got somebody with their iPad or their cell phone blaring a episode of something. It's just, it's never conducive to actually relaxing, focusing on eating your food, being mindful of what you're eating, deep breathing, relaxing, taking some time for yourself. So I typically like to eat my lunch elsewhere so I can do that for myself. So I can take at least 30 minutes to step away from everything that's going on and focus on just me during that shift. Right. And most of us nurses, uh, with the exception of ICU, I think they do their breaks very well where they get a whole hour. But we get 30 minutes and we forget about those extra 15 minutes Mm -hmm. that we get. You get two 15s and a 30 minutes where you can, those two 15s you could just use to decompress, to, to take yourself away from the situation, whatever you might have going on for that day. So make sure you're taking your breaks and your lunch breaks, which I'm I'm guilty of. Mm-hmm. I don't always take my breaks or my lunch breaks. So I will be working on that for the month of December. Also make sure you are reporting. Oftentimes, institutions will put forth a reporting system. So if an error or near miss or a centennial event occurs then you can report it. You're reporting it, and a lot of people think, oh, I'm going to have repercussions if I report. The reason why those systems are put forth is so that when there are staffing issues, when you don't have the resources that you need, and you report this, that you've made a mistake because there was a staffing issue and you were overworked, institutions can see Mistakes are happening because we don't have staff, because we don't have resources, and they can then implement 
giving us more staffing, changing our work hours, changing our schedules so that we can have a safer environment for our patients. And if we are not reporting when we make these mistakes or when things happen, then institutions, they don't know that. Right. They're going to continue to say, oh, well, everything's working fine. We haven't killed people. We, you know, They're going to just keep things how they are. Mm-hmm. Very insightful. I was just going to mention when you were talking about the 15-minute breaks, it jogged my memory of 15 minutes. I wanted to mention when you're getting up in the morning, try to get up 15 minutes earlier if you can because I feel like how you start your day is kind of just how the day goes for you. If you get up feeling rushed, you're just going to continually be feeling rushed throughout the day. So if you can take the 15 minutes to get up early, which means that you would have had to have go gone to sleep at a reasonable time to get up, 15 minutes earlier and Brittany knows a lot of my friends and co-workers know I don't play around with my sleep <laughs> <laughs> I'm in bed at 8 o'clock 8.30 I don't play around I'm normally not sleeping at that time but I like to relax before I go to bed so get up 15 minutes earlier take some time for yourself to do whatever you need to do whether that's to brew a nice cup of tea or meditate or pray or do whatever you need to do and set your intentions for the day so that you have a positive mindset going into the day. Do what you need to do in order to do that. Also, if you are able to take advantage of going outside during your shift for some fresh air, please do that. It will benefit you so much if you're able to just get outside. Where I work, I don't have windows. I basically work in a dungeon. I know I don't know anything about the weather. I don't know anything about what's going on outside. I don't even see the light of day all day because when I go into work it's dark when I leave work it's dark if you're able to get out at some point in the day and get some sunlight do that for yourself it'll really help you in the course of your shift and studies show that inadequate sleep increases your risk of having errors at work impaired short-term memory and impaired mood so make sure you're getting the sleep and you're taking that time out for yourself because no, don't expect others to know how you're feeling. Mm-hmm. Your self-care is what keeps you from falling apart when everything else is around you is falling apart. Yeah. So making sure that you are emotionally and physically able to provide your patients with the best care they can possibly have, the safest care that they can possibly have, is by making sure you're cared for yourself first. With that being said, I buy coffee Every single morning. Because that is my treat to myself. That's my self-care. That's what I do. So do whatever it is that you do to make sure that you can be as focused and clear as possible so that you can provide safe and effective care to your patients. Yes. Yes, for sure. Personally, I like to pray before my shifts. Um, Well, just in the morning when I get up, I like doing it really just helps me to um, go on with some clarity and some focus for the day. I also want to say kudos to the individuals who have families at home because I don't know how you do it. People that go to work and care for people, they clock out and then they clock back in for the home shift and caring for kids and cooking and cleaning and homework. I personally don't know how you do it because I don't have a family of my own, neither neither does Brittany. So Kudos to you for figuring out, hopefully you figured out a way to make it work so that way you're able to do that for your patients and for your family. 
if at some point it seems as if your home life is a little bit more overwhelming, I would check into your place of work and see what kind of family leave benefits that they have. Maybe you're caring for a sick family member at home when you leave and that's overwhelming. See what kind of benefits, how your workplace can help you out. Even if you're not caring for someone at home, even if you are a single individual, see what kind of benefits your job can provide to you to help you do your job better. Yes, use the resources that your institution offers. Uh, Many times those resources are not published. They're not easy to find, but more often than not, institutions do have support. some sort of uh, support. I was reading an interesting article in the American Nurses Association, and they found a link between long hours worked and mood disorders, obesity, metabolic disorders, cardiovascular disease, cancer, and reproductive disorders, diabetes as well. So I thought that was really interesting. There was actually an article in Bold Voices article. It was from February of 2018. And they found, it was a small study. It was all self-reported. We know that self-reporting is a little less reliable. But what they found is that 78% of them slept less than 8 hours. Mm. 69% of them didn't exercise regularly. Mm. 22% of them were binge drinkers. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) And one that I found really interesting is that the ICU or med surge nurses were on average 20 pounds heavier than in other departments. Or if they were working 12-hour shifts, they were heavier than nurses who weren't. So I thought that that was really interesting because I've actually worked with some nurses who... Because of their medical conditions, they've had to switch the shifts that they're working. Mm-hmm. They've had to only work days or, or not rotate. Rotating is huge in, in the high acuity areas. And there's just there's not that much research on what is reliable research on what what's happening to our bodies when we're rotating every two weeks or not getting sleep. When I was working night shift, I felt like I would I would eat and go to sleep. Eat and go yes. to sleep. You would eat this huge meal because you were starving all day yes. and then go to sleep. And, I, you know, you pick up this weight and you don't even notice. Yes. Have no energy or yeah. no drive to go to the to go to go the gym. And if you do, you've got to go exhausted. And yeah. Take. And you can't even go do errands after a night shift because I would do that. I would literally, and a lot of times with a group of people, we'd go out to a restaurant or something, go eat. Um, and I go home, go to sleep. No grocery store, no laundry, no cleaning up. Go home, shower, go straight to sleep, and then wake up, do it all over again. One thing that I wanted to mention too is when we're talking about burnout and fatigue, as nurses, we need to be mindful as to when we're actually doing it to ourselves, like when we're sabotaging ourselves, like when we are picking up overtime shifts, knowing that we shouldn't. So I'm guilty of doing that. I'm guilty of picking up extra shifts, knowing that I probably should take a day to recoup and restore myself. So be mindful of that. There's no amount of money in the world that will compare to having your health intact. Some of the other challenges that we face as nurses is 
over the years, our responsibilities continue to increase. There's more things put on our plate. We've got to be the concierge. We've got to be the food services, the chaplain. Shayla and I have referred to this often. We're constantly being interrupted when we are caring for our patients, doing different things, which also adds to our burnout. The documentation, we don't know what it's like not to have electronic documentation. What I would say is just being at multiple facilities, the facility that I am now probably has the best documentation. For example, the shortest, you know, assessment straight into the point. You know, you're charting by exception. You're not repeating yourself numerous times. Other places I've been, I mean, the charting itself takes three, four hours just to chart. Also, patients are living longer. They're sicker. They have higher acuity. That puts a lot of stress on nurses as well. Oh, I've heard they hate their managing staff. They feel like they have no support. Their work environment is negative. And this was an interesting one, which I've not heard much of, but it was talking about uh, bullying as a challenge. Now, they didn't specify if that was nurse-to-nurse bullying or nurse-to-physician or what bullying it was, but I have to be honest, I haven't seen much bullying, but it does exist. It's causing this burnout. And staffing is number one. People will complain about staffing, the patient-nurse-to-patient ratio, the communication, and then communication, communication between nurse to nurse, nurse to physician, physician to physician. There's there's so much miscommunication or lack of communication that these are all exacerbating burnout. And what do we do about this? Most important thing is to recognize it. Yes. Admit it. Proactively address it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And If you see that it's a problem on your floor, in particular your unit, get the management involved. See what kind of resources they can provide. And, um, you know, whether it's personally you're experiencing the burnout or if it's collective as a group. Because I've been in situations to where we have been so short-staffed that collectively as a group we are burned out because we're so short-staffed. We don't have the resources get together with the manager, suggest some things to your manager. I've suggested things to my manager about things that can be done. And then it's up to that person to, to follow through. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So, yes. You just nurse- can't complain about it and not want to do something about yes. it. Yes. Yes. If you're making complaints, offer a solution as well. Realize that it's the nurse and the employers who both have the ethical responsibility to carefully consider if they are safe to care for patients. Care for yourself. Make sure you are taking that time to provide yourself self-care. If you're a person who likes to work your three twelves in a row, make sure you're taking two days off after that to just rest. Mm -hmm. And I'm telling you that, but I don't practice that. Hypocrite. (laughs) I'm, yes. (laughs) (laughs) But trying to take that you time. One thing that I learned doing this, trying to educate myself on fatigue, is that the Institute of Medicine recommends that nurses do not exceed 12 hours in a 24-hour period or 60 hours in a week. Now, we're probably all rolling our eyes because how many times have we worked 16 hours? Or how many times have we worked 16 hours with no lunch? 
mm-hmm. or the water. more than 60 hours in a week. Yeah. So just make sure that you realize that there's a patient on the other side of the care. It all boils down to protecting our patients. In addition to just having a positive outlook, just being positive is, is contagious. So just make sure you, you share some of that positivity and you don't be the Debbie Downer who brings your unit down or who puts a cloud over your unit because we all have sucky situations, whether you're in the ED, the ICU, you're on a med surge, you're in outpatient services. We're all going through the same things. So understand that and cut your fellow colleagues some slack be there to help them, offer solutions. It's awesome. I like all of those things. That's awesome. So takeaways from this. Caregiver, nursing, fatigue, burnout, it goes hand in hand with self-care. Making sure that you're caring for yourself and recognizing burnout when it happens. You want to do what's best for your coworkers and your patients and ultimately yourself. Institutions will create an environment where employees' health and wellness are a priority because it's cost-effective in the long run. It is. So if you have an idea, if you want to offer solutions, your institution will listen. So don't be discouraged thinking that it won't be implemented or that there won't be any help because they are looking for that. Nurses are noble. We love what we do. Having a positive attitude is essential. This is very, very important to me. If you are fortunate enough to have a great management team, thank them. Thank them for what they do, for jumping in and helping you and being proactive in in solving problems. Thank them because half the battle is having a great management team. support, yeah. Thank you guys for listening. Hope you guys have a great week. And uh, catch you on the flip side. Ciao.